Hello and welcome to this latest episode of Terrace Memoirs and the latest delve into the life of a football supporter. I'm Dave Harris, your host and Reading fan for 32 years, season ticket holder for 22. Um, and uh, before we get into this week's episode, I just want to offer many thanks to all of my guests who contributed to what I thought was an excellent series of uh, uh, episodes dedicated to uh, clubs that have befallen hard times, both recently and further back. Those people, they gave their time and immense insight into the issues faced by their clubs and offered their opinions on the lack of robust governance in the game. Um, I really wanted to cover as many clubs as I could. Uh, and I think I did that with a reasonable amount of uh, success in terms of numbers at all levels. Uh, but the simple fact is that there are so many clubs that have experienced or are experiencing issues that it would be remiss of me not to cover more clubs in another series of that ilk. Um, and so um, looking at fans of Oldham, Bury, Bolton, Leeds, Oxford, North Ferriby, Farnborough, Aldershot, Doncaster, all of those clubs, and of course many, many more. I'm sorry if I haven't named them, but it would take too long. But I'd love it if you can come and join me uh, and record an episode. Um, regular listeners uh, will obviously know that the last episode, just over a week ago now, was the uh, the price of football himself, Kieran Maguire. And uh, he and I had a thoroughly enlightening conversation uh, about football governance, football finance, and of course his first love, Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, and it's from there that we move on from one Albion to another, uh, to the Black Country and the original Albion from West Bromwich. Um, founder members of the Football League, of course, and Baggies fan Mark Evans, podcaster himself on Project Football. Uh, the Project Football Podcast, uh, and someone who I know has been keen to record an episode with me. And Mark, you are heartily welcome to the podcast. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, thank you for uh, having us on. It's uh, very much appreciated. Uh, absolutely fine. It's an absolute pleasure. I know, of course, we had a few issues uh, trying to record the first one with my car, um, of all things. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we did eventually get you on. And uh, yeah, ho so hopefully it's uh, this, this fulfills all of your wildest expectations. Um, so... Uh, baggies right now um i mean they are the the epitome of yo-yo club at the moment aren't they um uh, but they've got obviously new manager valerian ismail and it's been a relatively successful start to the season hasn't it um i've got no complaints so far i mean if the season ended now um you know second behind fulham who obviously came down with us um i'd class that as a success definitely no yeah i was gonna say absolutely it's um I mean, ultimately, for a, you know, for a club that's just come down with the parachute payments and, and, and the stature of West Brom, uh, promotion's the aim, isn't it? The Premier League, the consistent um, return in the Premier League is, uh, has got to be the aim. Oh, definitely. Um, we'd be probably better off if there was a sort of a no-man's land between the Championship and the Premier League, where there was no promotional relegation. And we'd just sit there, because like you say, we've been... I mean, other than... I think we had an eight-year run uh, in the Prem up until our relegation before last um which to be fair with, with how often we've gone down we kind of lose track um but yeah it, it was the the typical boing boing as our chant goes <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and i mean it's, it's, clearly you've got significant quality in that squad of yours um and there was that little bit of a hiccup with the the defeat to Arsenal, of course, it was weak inside. Um, but Arsenal just, I mean, they had a, a Bamiang up front for a start, didn't they? And they just, that is you know, fundamentally the difference between, uh, well, let's face it, Arsenal are a middle of the road, um, mid-table Premier League club now at the very best, aren't they? At the um, moment, yeah. I mean, 
they'd be uh, they'd snap your hand off for that at the moment, given their current position. Yeah, but of course they, you know, obviously heavy defeat at home to them. Um, it was that a little bit of a um, not a warning sign so much, but um, an indication yeah. that perhaps things might. It, it, it well, it, it's it's not it's not infallible that the style of play and the setup that Ismail's installed. I think, given the team that he put out, I think Sky flashed a caption up given the the, the value of the starting eleven, and theirs was like twenty six times more than ours. I think <laughs> our yeah. starting eleven cost like ten million, and Zahor, who is about as mobile as a bus, uh, he cost the majority of that. So you know, it, it was harsh on the kids, um, and some of them, in fact, pretty much all of them, they, they didn't do themselves any damage, despite what the scoreline said. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they. Could have done much more. Yeah, it, it was. I say all the changes would have disrupted the flow, but obviously, you know, the, the aim, what I said before, is the league and, and promotion. Hopefully, automatic because the playoffs. No, thank you. Not for me. <laughs> no, sure. And I'm just, just looking at the Arsenal scorers now. I mean, Obama Yang got the hat trick, of course. Nicholas Pepe, Bukayo Saka, and Lacazette. Um, I mean, I said that they were middle of the road. Uh, sort of mid-table Premier League team now, but you know that's still a significant outlay and significant individual quality, isn't it? And you know, as yeah. I say, that's the fundamental difference between the Premier League now um, and the Championship. But yeah. every other game, other than the opening game against Bournemouth, which I thought you were very unlucky to actually only come away with a point, by the way. Um, every other game been won either way. I think so, but you know, let's, let's face it, you you had some you know some glorious opportunities at points, didn't you? Yes. But every other game, like I say, it's been one sneaky win against Luton. Um, I watched the game against Sheffield United, and that was just... I mean, other than that one chance at one all, um, that was just a demolition job, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was... Um, who's it they had now? Uh, chap up front, I can't think of his name. McGoldrick, wasn't it? David McGoldrick, yeah. Uh, yeah. Guilted's chance. I mean, you'd like to think nine times out of ten he'd have put that away, but it was... I almost felt sorry for Sheffield United at times, but... Um, given the history with them and, uh, as you're probably well aware, the Battle of Bramall Lane a number of mm-hmm. years ago, um, yeah. that that feeling of, sorry, it soon disappeared. Yeah. If anybody's if anybody's not au fait with that, then just uh, just Google it. Well, Google it or YouTube it or perhaps just put in George Santos, Andy Johnson oh, um, <laughs> and see what, see what, you, see what, see what comes up. And so uh, if there was any more contact on that challenge, I think you would have probably broke AJ in half. Yeah, yeah, he probably ended up landing in the middle of Hillsborough as well, wouldn't he? More than um, likely, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember that day, actually. Um, I was at university at the time, and I'd been to Chesterfield away. We beat, It was, our last, it was our, our last win of the season, actually. We drew 11 of our last 12 on the way to promotion to the championship, or Division 1, as it was then. And uh, so we, were, we, were, we were listening to in the car on the way back, my friends and I, and uh, just wondering what on earth is going has gone on. Um, you know, Sheffield United ended up with well, they, they obviously didn't finish the game. They, they um, Eddie Walstone was the referee, wasn't he? And he abandoned yes. the game after after what something like eighty three minutes, eighty four minutes, because Sheffield United basically ended up with not enough players to complete a game. That was it. Yeah, um, I think they'd made all the subs. Uh, they'd had players sent off for various reasons, um, mm-hmm. and then what? Warnock said to him whether it was him that said anything. I don't know whose decision it was for someone to sort of be injured. Um, but so they had no subs left, did they? And they uh, they couldn't carry on with the numbers that they had. No, exactly. And I think 
it was it was classic Warwick, wasn't it? I'm sure that there was a a little hint of maybe a little bit more of a hint of um, let's try and get this abandoned and see if we can replay the game because West Brom were. I mean, they won the game three 0 quite comfortably, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, we did. On the way to promotion uh, as well, weren't you? Yeah, I think that's probably what they'd call today shit housing. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that was, anyway, uh, that was the, one of our many promotions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just just going into the uh, the last the most recent game. Um, was it the ninety fifth minute of Peterborough? Uh, yeah, yeah, ninety fourth, ninety fifth. Yeah, it was very much the last few seconds. Um, we scraped that one, but I, I, as someone who's seen the team go up themselves, you'll know that you take the wins when you're going for promotion, however they come, whether it's you know a demolition job or a sneaky one nil away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, <laughs> is there any better feeling than a 90th minute winner in front of your own fans at an away ground? I don't think there is really, is there, in a bog standard league game? Um, probably not, no. Unless it was a derby game. Then that would just put that little extra sort of icing on the cake, I suppose. Or extra yeah. layer of icing, yeah. even, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course, you know, Speaking of derbies, West Brom. I mean, there's there's quite a few derbies in that area, but the biggest one for you guys, of course, is Wolves, isn't it? Um, is it uh, a little bit of a sickness seeing, seeing them where they are at the moment? Um, it must you be. say the biggest one. It depends on the generation. Because for me, growing up, we were in the same same division as Wolves mostly. Um, but for my dad, growing up, it was West Brom and Villa, and obviously geographically they're closer. Um, not going to lie, us going down and those two staying up, it, it didn't really uh, sit too well. But that's football; it happens, you know. I mean, there's been times when I think they when they did the double drop um, the season after we beat them, the five one in the Premier, they went down to the Championship. They went down again, so you know mm-hmm. it, it's been roundabouts with that. So you just got to take the rough with the smooth and with. Our Premier League history has been a lot more rough than smooth, by and large. Hmm. It's interesting you say that about the Villa, because um, again, a former colleague of mine, um, what well, manager of mine actually, was a Blues fan, Birmingham fan, hmm. um, and he's it was interesting because he, back when I, I worked with him, we spoke football all the time. It was he was talking about Blues and Villa, Blues and Wolves, uh, Blues and West Brom, and you know he said yes, all right, you know that there's. there's you can argue, you can argue there's no love loss between Blues and West Brom, but they don't get on. But they don't. They don't. It, it, there's there's no um, sort of what you call traditional uh, sort of local rivalry needle between the two clubs because they've both got a very passionate disliking of both Villa and Wolves, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you say about the uh, the Blues. Um, that reminds me of about we played them. Um, I think it was the, the very late nineties. And we literally, we got battered, but we beat them 1-0. We literally had one chance on goal, scored it, and come away with the three points. And that was um, one of the late Alan Miller's best games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that uh, St. Andrews? No, it was at Hawthorns. It was at Hawthorns, was it? Yeah. Okay. I, I think sure they... I, sure. I remember when, when I lived at Bryce, it was always it was always the central match. It was always um, uh, Sunday afternoon chat, or Division 1 game. Uh, Central match, and it was always either West Brom, Wolves, Bur- or Birmingham. Never any other any any other clubs. So uh, they used to get them get them a lot on uh, on TV in the mid nineties. 
in my yeah, we, um, I remember, I think the last one I remember seeing of that um, was we played Warsaw at home and it was the day that we found out uh, the King had died, Jeff Astle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, did we win 1-0? I know Jason Roberts scored. Um, and he yes. had a, a picture of Jeff Astle on his uh, vest underneath, which I thought was a nice that, touch. 2001. Yes. If I remember rightly, because again, I watched that while I was at university. Um, and uh, Walsall had beaten us in the playoff final earlier that year. So that was uh, interesting to see them. See them. I mean, they, they didn't really have a chance in that game. West Brom was significantly better. But yes, I do remember that. And it was, I remember the goal. He, he received, it was classic Jason Roberts play, just big, strong, received the ball low at the near post, turned his man and smacked it in the, inside the near post, if I remember right. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a feeling it was down the Smethwick end as well. Which is like the, where the away fans are. Um... Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to work, work, work my way around. So the Smethwick end, from the camera to the right where the away yes. fans are, and it's the Birmingham Road end, the other end, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, or Brummy Road end, as it's called locally. Yeah. It, it, to be fair, it, it gets called both by most people, so it just depends what you can be bothered to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, what's your um your your match day routine then when you when you go? Do you do you end up going to the Vine at all, or do you go do you go elsewhere for for pre match drinks if you go for pre match drinks at all? When uh, the last few times I've been with my dad, we've gone to the Vine. Um, he's met friends there, but recently um, I go up with a, a, a blind friend of mine um, who I've known for many years, and he got me into blind football. Um, which is another story. But now we'll, uh, I'll, I'll usually pick him up. I'll drive, um, park up about, what, 10-minute walk away just to make sure we can get a space yeah. and, and grab a burger from... I've been using the same van for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's just, I, I don't... Yeah, I, I don't tend to have a pretty much drink because I want to be able to remember what actually happens in the 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose that's one one thing that I, I often wonder about some people. You just turn up for a match and they are blind drunk. And I'm just thinking, why? why? And, I, all right, yeah, I've been drunk at football matches. Um, hands up, you know, full disclosure. But I've never been absolutely flipping legless. Um, it's it's a bit of a strange one. But it's got, I've got to be got to be said that the vine is, I think, if not my top, it's certainly in my top three away pubs. Um, and it's somewhere that because I travel to Lancashire a lot, I live in Swindon right. or near Swindon. Uh, so of course we come up the M5 and hit the M6, and it's literally halfway and it's a good place to stop and have you know not have to worry about you know remortgaging your house for uh for service station food mcdonald's or burger king or whatever it's just so much better quality uh yeah so yeah we we, we often we often yeah we we often uh uh, my boys and i we drop in there and uh and have a and have a a, a sort of a little bit of a of an indian snack shall we say or an asian snack of some sort yeah, it's like um, a Indian a barbecue, I think it is. So you get like your chicken tikka, and I think last time I ran they about the size of tennis balls, and you got three or four of them, so it'll keep you ticking over nicely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember the first time I went there, 2010 for our FA Cup tie. Yes. Um, and the replay. Um, and first day of a job at the time, actually, drove up. And uh, uh, where are you? Oh, we're in the vine. It's here. All right. Parked at, managed to get parking space right outside. You know, as you know, it's only ten minutes walk from the ground. Yeah. Um, uh, under the M5, and um, and got some, you know, 
cracking food and uh, and then we beat you three two, which was lovely. Yeah, uh, we've we've <laughs> not really focused on the cup the last few years. It's been fair to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the amount of times we've drawn you in the last fifteen years has been. I think it's four times. It's quite extraordinary, really, um, at various levels. And we've beaten you every time, which is also quite nice. That's all um, right for you, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Only for us to then lose to Bloody Villa in the quarterfinals in 2010. That was probably one of my lowest points following Reading. But yeah, let's be honest. Uh, rather you lose to the Villa than us, to be fair. Uh, yeah, no, it was bad enough. We were two 0 up at half time. Um, a player you, you all know well uh, scored twice in that game, Shane Long. Yes. Um, yeah, I think he only played. Was it only a year that he played for you? Um, I think he might have had two. Possibly. He ended up going to Hull, didn't he, for about four months, and then ended up at Southampton. Yeah, which I thought the whole move was a bit random, to be fair. I mean, if you're going to move on, you'd think maybe sort of go, I mean, no disrespect to Hall, but maybe someone a bit sort of higher up the chain than that. But maybe he just wanted to guarantee himself the football. I, I don't know. But yeah, it's just one of those things. Mm. But, yeah, well, what, I, what I was talking to Shane Long, he, he strikes me as a, what I call as a very sort of traditional baggies player and that he's hardworking. Um, and he's got an eye for goal in the Premier League. You know, not quite so much as he did in the six months, his last six months with us, but big and strong and quick and, and you know, just a workhorse. Yeah. Is that a fair thing to say for yeah, a baggage player, traditional yeah, one? Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I mean, the, the couple of moments for him that stand out for me, um, I think he scored against Man United. I think we had only just signed him. I think it was very early. It, might have, it was either the first game of the season or it was very early on. Yeah. Um, and he also scored a belter against the Villa. I think we drew that 2-2. Uh, Chris Brunt just pinged a ball from, I think it was just inside our half. Mm-hmm. And he's took it on the half volley and just you know, found the back of the net without even thinking. And but the thing is, the, the, the goals can be worldies, but if you don't win the game, they don't really mean a great deal, do they? Yeah, to an extent. To an extent, I think, yeah, you're right. Um, say, if, if you, you want to win the game, but you know, if, having said that, if he doesn't score that, then you go on to lose it, don't you? So, you know. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You sort of score that and draw, or don't score it and lose. Yeah, you, you take the, the you take the points all day. No, absolutely. So, how long have you been going to the uh, to the Albion then? Um, just over thirty three years. April the 9th, eighty eight was my first game um, right. against Leicester City. Uh, I think we drew one one, and <laughs> funnily enough, I was actually mascot for it. Okay, um, something I never never had the uh, the opportunity or the privilege of doing at Reading. But uh, what, what's it like being a? Can you remember too much about that then? Um, not without watching the video. No, I, I know I ran off the pitch and outpaced Don Goodman to the to the dugout. <laughs> he was sub. Um, <laughs> and were, I mean, we had the the match on on video, which some of the younger listeners will probably be thinking, "What's video?" Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think my mum's still got Google it. it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, gathering dust somewhere. But I've actually got a, a copy of it. I digitally managed to convert it to DVD and, and what have you. Um, so there's me having a little bit of a warm-up. The very bad late 80s graphics with the team come up and then um, I'd, I'd say sprint off the pitch towards the dugout. Don Goodman just you know jogging behind and he's uh, you know, more like a, something you'd wear for skiing. Than, uh, than warming up for a football game. Um, but then I ended up meeting him at an, I think it was an awards due for like West Midlands Sports 
Um, and my friend who I go with, uh, my blind friend Simon, he was nominated for something. And okay. Don Goodman was like the host or MC, whatever you call it, for the night. So um ended up having a chat with him afterwards. And ironically, uh, another one who's had a foot in both uh, old gold and black and blue and white stripes, mm-hmm. Bully, he was there as well. So obviously giving okay. his allegiance to, to Wolves, I thought... I've got to go and have a chat with him, even if it's just to take the piss. But to be fair, <laughs> despite how, how high a regard he's held on that side of the fence, he actually come across as a really sound bloke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, like I say, I'd never met the guy before. We've all, you know, as West Brom fans, heard the, the chance about him. But yeah, he, he, he came across really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I mean, I mean, Steve Ball's record at Wolves is is. <sighs> It's it's immense, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Three hundred and something odd goals in in five hundred odd appearances. It's better than one in two over over four divisions as well. Um, but he started his career at, at Albion, didn't he? Was he was it was he was released? Uh, no, I think we sold him for, for I think we sold him for not very much. Um, right. I mean, you'd probably you're probably talking the sort of fees you'd pay in like the conference or maybe even lower. Um, mm-hmm. That's how low it was. So. Yeah, then you know you look back on what he's done since, and you think, you know, it's one of those that got away, isn't it? Yeah, every club has them. Um, <laughs> but he he ended up in the the nineteen ninety World Cup squad. Did did he get the eighty six World Cup squad, or was he was he considered to? Because Wolves were quite low down then, weren't they? No, I think I don't think he quite got through to us then. I think it might have been just after that we sold him. Right. Um. So it was sort of in between the two. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think he was there when I started going. So, yeah, we're sort of talking between... I, I might have got this horrendously wrong, so I apologise to any Albion fans that do listen to this. If I have... Um, yeah, it was <laughs> yeah late 90s. Uh, no, sorry, late 80s even. Get the right decade. Yeah. 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 Going back to, uh, to Don Goodman, though, um, and he's, a, he's, he's one of those players that, unfortunately, again, for Reading fans, um, is... Uh, yeah, we, he, just the, the name conjures up bad memories of playoff finals because he was at Walsall where, and, and scored their equaliser, their first equaliser at, at Cardiff in 2001. Mentioned it um, earlier that we'd, we'd lost to Walsall in the playoff yeah. final and, of course, he was one of the scorers. Um, and he's, you know, he just did the Midlands clubs, didn't he? He, so he obviously, West Brom, Wolves and ended up at, at Walsall. Yeah, yeah, he. Uh, I think he, he just didn't venture over to the Birmingham side. So no, then you've got players yeah, like sure. Kevin Phillips, who's played for us Blues and Villa. So yes, yeah. I don't think um, there's anyone that's done like the the main sort of five. If you if you take Walsall into account as well, mm-hmm. um, they've done sort of like three or four of them maybe, but not the the whole set. Yeah, do you think anybody would be accepted if they did that? I suppose you know when you say you know, Phillips has done three of them. Um, I think yeah, it does. with Phillips, is one of those that you'd rather have him playing for you than against you. Because um, he had a he had a decent record yeah, against the Wolves, yeah. Um, scored the header in the playoff second leg. I think he probably scored in the first leg as well, but that sort of nudged us over the line to get to Wembley against uh, Derby, which is a day we'd rather not remember too fondly. <laughs> 2007, yeah. 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 Do you think you'd have put up a better fight in the Premier League than Derby for next season? Um, we couldn't have done any worse, could we? 
yeah. If, again, if anybody's wondering, that was the season after the Derby got 11 points in the Premier League um, and ended up going down with us, which was not exactly ideal. But um, So, the, the uh, I mean, that was 1988. What what division were Albion in then? So um, when you first started going, I think we were in the division two as it was then. So yeah, what we now know as the championship. It wasn't too long after that that you had your one. If I think I think I've got my facts right. Your one and only sojourn in division two as it was. Was it Aussie Ardealers that got promoted? Yeah, Aussie Ardealers the ninety two ninety three season. Um, yeah, won the playoffs. Uh, at the old Wembley, um, yeah, against Port Vale, three 0 yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I was, I was ten, just coming eleven. Lot not long after that, um, managed to get tickets for the final and <laughs> ended up getting interviewed randomly by uh, a presenter called Malcolm Boyden off Radio WM, mm-hmm. and right. he was there this like massive backpack on with wires and aerials sticking out here, there, and everywhere. And you think it was like <laughs> something out of a, a Doctor Who episode. But, uh, nice. Yeah, it was uh, that was good. Hundred percent record at the old Wembley. Mm-hmm. I've got no wins under my belt at the new one. In the, yeah, um, I, think... I can join you on that. Well, I can, I can. Well, no, no wins. <laughs> Just no wins <laughs> for me. Uh, it's not pleasant losing at Wembley, is it? No. I don't suppose it's as bad if you don't have to go too far. But when you're going from the Midlands to London, and then you've got to trek back, it's you've got all that time to sort of ponder on what could have been. I remember. Um... Just thinking about Port, because Port Vale went to Wembley earlier in the season, didn't they? Was it in, was it the Autoglass Trophy? It would have been um, back then. Yeah, they went to Wembley in that. Um, and was it uh, was it Dean? Um, uh, one of their central defenders, anyway. I'm fairly uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it might have been Dean Glover. Um, ended up getting um, absolutely smashed before and the night before, uh, and had the game of his life. Uh, in that, and Port Vale went on to win it, and then decided, no, I'm not going to do that this time. I'm going to have, you know, if I can do, thought if I can play like that when I'm hungover, what can I be like when I'm uh, when I'm entirely sober and had a good night? Did that and got sent off. He was the player that got sent off for Port Vale, and of course you went on, you know, you won the game three nil. I thought it was Peter Swan that got sent off for Vale in that. Yes, yes, yes. Actually, you're right, not Dean Glover. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, and that's not a bad side that they had as well. Um, they nearly got to Division One playoffs two or three years later. Um, Muscle White and Goal, Neil Aspin, Andy Porter, Dean Glover, as I mentioned, Bernie Slaven. Is uh, was he former ever? No, I recognise him. I don't know what he's his Middlesbrough. Though. Yeah, there's quite a few. But that team that you had: Tony Lang in Goal, Mickey yep. Reed, Steve Lilwall, Darren Bradley, Paul Raven, Gary Strodder, Andy Hunt, Ian Hamilton, Bob Taylor. Bernard McNally, Kevin McDonald, uh, Kevin Donovan, and uh, Simon Garner off the bench, and uh, yeah, Gary Robson also. Yeah, so um, I did well to remember the ones I did. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Bradley. But he was a he was a bit he was a bit of a playoff expert, wasn't he, our dealers? Because he he got well, technically got Swindon promoted a few seasons before, although albeit financial irregularities saw them get demoted to two divisions. Yeah, um, and Sunderland go up in their place. I think it was. Um, he was uh, he was popular wherever he went, wasn't he? Yeah, it was. Um, I, I think we'd have kept hold of him if the Spurs job hadn't have come up. Oh, I'm trying to think who took over. 
I've, Keith Birkinshaw, I've got in my head for some reason. Um, would have been around about that time. But yeah. it's, it's just been the anniversary, I think it was yesterday, in fact, of uh, we beat Wolves 3-2 at our place. And uh, it's one of the few times I've seen an opposing player actually applauded by an Albion crowd. And it was Cyril Regis who came off the bench for the Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, who I had the pleasure of meeting before his uh, unfortunate passing uh, a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. And even you know, the, the, when I met him, it was at Starbridge. Um, it was a pre-season friendly against Cheltenham. I think he, he was, I think he was dabbling with being an agent or something to one of the Starbridge players. Right. And I, I it was in the bar, just come out of the low. And I heard someone say, oh, nice one, Cyril. It's like, Cyril, that's not a name you hear very often. Turn around and he was just there. And I just thought, if I don't go and, you know, at least say hello to him, I mm-hmm. won't never get that chance again. And I'm glad I did. Because um, you know, I've heard the stories from my dad, um, from like the Three Degrees days in the late 70s, with Regis, Batson and Cunningham. And, you know, the, the, the term legend probably gets banded about quite a bit these, these days, but he he definitely fits that bracket mm-hmm. without question. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to call him the Holy Trinity, but it wasn't. It was the Three Degrees, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Cyril Regis, um, Laurie Cunningham and Brendan Batson, wasn't it? Yeah. So, did you... Um, presumably, he was a, he was a sound as a pound, was he? Regis, absolute diamond, yeah. Um, he couldn't have been nicer. So He's just making time for everyone. He was just going about his business and anyone who wanted to chat, he'd spare a couple of minutes for him and, mm-hmm. yeah. And the same with, I've managed to bump into Tony Brown as well at a local shopping centre. Um, had a couple of minutes with him again. He's our record goal scorer. So it's one of those where, again, if you don't take the chance at the time, you never know if you're going to get it again. But I think with, with Tony Brown, because obviously he long retired before I started going, um, you know, I think he was more appreciative that someone from the younger generation of fans actually knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that comes from, you know, the stories from my dad watching clips on, on YouTube as well. So, which, uh, ironically, if it hadn't have been for my dad's uncle, he would have probably either been Villa or Warsaw. Right. It was, it was his uncle okay. that started taking up the Albion because his dad, or my, my granddad, was Villa, um, which I only found out recently. Um, and he was going to start going to Warsaw randomly, I think. Um, but his uncle started taking up the Hawthorns and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Mm-hmm. Just talking about the uh, three degrees, obviously they were, I mean, an exceptional forward trio in the late 70s. But, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was very unusual for for you know, black players to have, you know, to not, not unusual for black players to be seen, but for so many to um, to appear in at, at one club, because um, it would, you know, it's not like today where you know almost you probably you know you have half of the team that are you know black players. Back then, um, there were you know the three forward players that must have been certainly a, a lot of places extremely intimidating um, for them. But they, I mean, to come out of it the other side and just still be so humble and be. And just be, you know, genuinely nice people, yeah, and not be bitter about the experience, or, or seemingly on the outside, obviously not, but not bitter about it. Yeah, it, it shows the, the type of people that they are. I mean, I, I can't speak for 
uh, Brendan Batts nor you know the late Laurie Cunningham because I never had the chance to meet either of them. But for Cyril, he just seemed to, you know, he, he just got on with it. You know, once you step over the pitch, it doesn't matter what colour your skin is. It's, you know, the colour of the top that you're wearing. And, you know, you're there. Kind of going into battle with the other 10 chaps on your team. And I think that's something that West Brom as a club has, has very much pushed, you know, since those days that we're all one. You know, irrelevant of what ethnic background, whatever, you're all there for the, the common goal or common purpose of supporting that club and backing mm. the players on the pitch that are wearing the same badge on the top as what you've got on. And as it should be. Unfortunately, course. there's a lot of narrow minded individuals who, who don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course, that doesn't uh, just sort of isolate yourself to race, does it? You know, we're increasingly uh, seeing, obviously, with her game too, for example, with anti sexism, you get the issues with homosexuality still um which is you know which shouldn't be just you know simply shouldn't shouldn't happen um and and, and a variety of other diverse uh, sort of diverse sub, subject matters should be say um it's just you know ultimately we're all human beings and we're all there to enjoy the same game um, exactly. whether we're playing it or watching it um but you know obviously the 70s was was a i want to say it was a somewhat different world not entirely different though um but certainly people seem to be, if not more educated, certainly more aware of it, which can only be a good thing. Yeah, it's, um, it's almost like it's it sort of come full circle, hasn't it? You know, you've got you know, the racism as it was back then is unfortunately seeming more prominent now. And, you know, they're trying to do the thing with the, the taking of the knee and, and such. But it showed the other night against Hungary, you know, that they were subjecting... Uh, like players like Sterling to the monkey chance. Mm-hmm. Still, uh, yeah. yeah. They are sort of 30, 40 years behind uh, in terms of in terms of that. And, and ultimately, like I say, it's just skin pigmentation, isn't it? Yeah. Literally that. That's the only difference between the players like Raheem Sterling and Brandon Batson, and Silver Regis, etc. And a few hundred grand a week as well. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just I don't understand, I, and I never will understand the mentality. So going back to the um, sort of the, the well, both good and bad memories, I suppose, um, from the early nine, late eighties, early nineties, or you know, all throughout that decade, um, it was a little bit up and down, wasn't it? But generally, other than that, was it the season in ninety two, ninety three when um, you had in Division Two? It was all pretty much spent in well, old Division Two, in old money. Um, it was all pretty much spent in uh, in Division One, wasn't it? Championship yeah. nowadays. Yeah, Division One Championship, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it was uh, pretty much well, the second tier. It just covers all bases, doesn't it? Um, yeah, never really causing anyone many problems. Um, flirted with relegation a little bit, um, more so towards the back end of the decade when we had to get Gary Megson in, uh, and he he kept us up, and then pushed on and obviously took us up. Uh, to the Premier League, not too long after he came in. Mm-hmm. Quite a few managerial changes then in that decade, though, wasn't there? I mean, from the very start, from Brian Tolbert, um, of course, he was the guy. Was he was the guy in charge for that? Often, I know, I know uh, where you're going with this. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The, 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 the often shown 
FA Cup tie against Woking. Yeah, he was in charge for that, wasn't he? Yeah, I think it was. He might have been player manager at that point, I think. And I think Sam Allardyce might have been his number two. Right. Yeah, and he didn't last long after that, did he? No. Um, it was the, the, the Timbers Aglo, I think, scored. Did he get a hat trick for Woking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I, if I had a pound for every time I'd seen it on FA Cup third round day, I think, um, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't need to be working now. I think. No, so you'll have a few quid. And uh, Halifax was another one that, that did us. I think at the. Is it the? Uh, I'm trying to think. Was it the Shea there? No. It is the Shea. Yeah. The Shea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was. Sure. That was in the nineties as well. They. Uh, they embarrassed us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he was it. Ryan Tolbert was in charge for, at the very start, and, you know, at the very end, Gary Megson. Um, with a few in there, I'm thinking Dennis Smith, who you got from from our, our dear neighbours, Oxford. Um, Ray Harford, he was there as well. Alan yeah. Buckley, who you got from Grimsby. Yeah. You mentioned Keith Birkinshaw as well. Yeah. Um, Aussie our dealers. Harford was probably one of the ones in that decade that was a bit of a, other than our dealers with the promotion, probably a, a bright spell with the football. Um, we like to get the ball on the floor and, and play it. Um, you know, good solid attacking football or some of the other managers let's say Buckley Smith not the most entertaining no no sure because Dennis I think I'm right in saying Dennis Smith signed Kevin Francis for Oxford uh, of course Kevin Francis being six foot six signing from Stockport I think it was yeah um, I think he, all right I, there's only one way they're going to be playing this season then yeah yeah you've got a big man up front there's only one way you're going to do that I think like when we had uh, Danny Dickio as well yeah, um, in the sort of early, early two thousands, long, you know, big, tall, lanky centre forward. Like I say, mm-hmm. there's only one way you're gonna play, and that's just lump it up to. It's interesting, you know, you mentioned um, Ray Harford's playing style. I mean, that that kind of getting the ball on the floor and playing generally, um, what we call attractive football. Um, that's what I associate. I mentioned earlier the, the sort of player that I associate with West Brom, but the type of football that I associate with West Brom is that get the ball on the floor and play it. And I think that stems from that culture from the time when you had the three degrees. So certainly for me, it does anyway. And you had that, that front three, that attractive front three, all able to play with individual skill, hard work, um, and 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 stem the success from from there. Is that is that fair or is that um, something that's maybe a little bit of a misnomer in my own mind? It, it's probably sort of been peaks and troughs. In all fairness, you know, we, we were obviously very lucky to have the the team that we did in the late seventies. Obviously, we had a bit of a, a foray into into European competition. I think we played in the UEFA Cup. Um, mm-hmm. Bear in mind, I wasn't even born at this point. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think we. I think got to about the quarterfinals possibly and lost to Valencia. Um, that that that's a, a Google job or something to ask an Albion historian. Um, but yeah, and then like I say, going into the sort of nineties with the Smith and the, the Buckleys, not so great football. Um, under Mowbray, he was one that liked to play attacking football as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Billich. Uh, a bit hit and miss. Um, couldn't really get away with it in the Prem and he got found out. Um, and it's obviously a different style under Ishmael now. He's very much uh, up and at him. 
Yeah, right in the face, like we showed with the um, that we scored after about twenty odd seconds against Blackburn. Yeah, yeah. So you're on the front foot right from the get go. Uh, recycle the ball, Alex Moat, bang, top corner. Yeah, smack from the edge of the area, wasn't it? Yeah, good volley as well. I don't think you're going to see many volleys hit sweeter than that. No, not end up on target no. anyway. <laughs> no, no. And I mean, one of the uh, the managers that that we didn't even hit on there is the uh, Champions League winning manager, or later on to be a Champions League winning manager, of course, with Chelsea and Roberto Di Matteo. Yes, and he was a man who liked to play it on the floor, didn't he? He had some. He had a really, really good attacking outfit. Yeah, and again, I remember remember seeing going up to the Albion. Um, when Brendan Rodgers was in charge of Reading. Um, and we were just annihilated that day. It was 3-1, which suggests it was a little bit closer than it was, but we were by far and away second best that season, uh, that, that, that day, sorry. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was one where he got sacked, actually, Dimitri, when he was at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. That they come up to us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was a th- I think we got him and Villas-Boas um, got sacked after losing to us as well. So it's a, that was under Steve Clark, wasn't it? Um, was it Clarky? I was trying to think, might have been, yeah. It was around about that time, sort of between 12, 13. Yeah, because yeah, Chelsea won the Champions League in 2012, didn't they? Yeah, so it would have been the uh, season Steve after. Clark, Steve, yeah, so Steve Clark took the job 12, 13. Yeah, because Hodgson we left for England after the 11, 12 season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because 12 13 was when we had Romelu Lukaku on loan, who I wish we'd have signed him permanently. Oh. <laughs> even yeah, just for another three... season on loan. Yeah, you know, he got three goals against us beast. in that 12 13 season. And he yeah. absolutely, the Badeski, he absolutely ran the show. Yeah. Um, put, put, I mean, you know, I got I to mention this because we were second, again, another game where we were second best to you. Um, and we, 83 minutes, and you're 2 0 up. Lukaku scored twice. I think he's hit the post and bar another three times. It's just absolutely run the show. Um, I think he might have been taken off, actually. And we went on at 83 minutes, we're 2 0 down. After 90 minutes, we're 3 2 up. Yeah. I was going to say, you, you say about... I think it minimizes Steve Clark's tenure, both at, both at Reading and because uh, he was our manager as well. Yes, at West Brom, a game that, you know, West Brom should be winning I'm a team that he manages should be winning and they go on to lose yeah, classic Albion it, it really is as they go through all those managers in the 90s and then it's there's a I want to say it's relatively stable in comparison in the 2000s we'd say you had four years of Gary Megson um, just under two years of Brian Robson uh, there was three years of Mowbray yeah and then um, two years of Di Matteo. Um, and then it all goes back to almost resorting to type in the 2010. But that season, well, that particularly that early that early four-year spell under Megson, yeah, you know, he's not exactly um, renowned for, again, you were talking about earlier, attractive, uh, free-flowing attacking football, is he? But he got two promotions, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, the, the first one was probably the more dramatic of the two because we were... Like oh, you were miles behind walls, weren't you? Yeah, and then we just kept pouring. You know, we'd win, they'd draw or lose, and the gap would get smaller and smaller. And I think it, it come to a point where if we beat Bradford away on, it was April the 13th, I know that's one of my daughter's birthdays, um, 
So I'd be remiss to forget that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we won 1-0, which was our standard scoreline that season. Um, yeah. Eagle Ballast penalty at Valley Parade. I remember listening to that on Radio WM in my mate's kitchen. Um, my mate is a, is a Blues fan. And we ended up watching the playoff on around it as well. And we sort of like, you know, if you want to get promoted, go around to his house. Yeah. <laughs> Then, um, 90th minute penalty as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was late on. And then also the last day against Palace, just to you know, properly properly seal it. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Bob Taylor earlier, of course. He scored. Yes. A future West Brom manager, of course. Darren Moore, Big yep. Dave. Yeah. Um, open the scoring. And, I mean, he's another one who's just a generally generally sound bloke, isn't he? He's a really nice bloke. Yeah, yeah. you just have to watch his interviews and, you know, you can just tell there's not there's not a bad bone in him. Um, I think it was probably a bit hard done by um, with getting sacked from us. I mean, we were in fourth when he got sacked. Uh, Jimmy Shan came in, uh, finished the season off, and we finished in fourth. Mm-hmm. Was that the playoffs? It was, yeah. To, yeah, yeah, to Villa. Yeah. yeah. It's not one of my best memories, but to be fair, the, the atmosphere at the second leg, it's probably the loudest of heard the Hawthorns. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good when you get an atmosphere like that, isn't yeah. it? I mean, can you imagine what it was like if you'd have won as well? Um, I'd probably still be recovering from that now, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think, I can imagine. You know, playoff semis are one thing, but when it's against, you know, a, a local rival, that just puts that extra bit, you know, I mean, we had the Wolves a few years before and, you know, we were successful over that, you know, fell at the, the final hurdle, as we mentioned earlier against Derby, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah uh, we took it to penalties after getting a man sent off in each leg. So I don't think we did too badly. And the two players that got sent off would have taken penalties. I'm pretty sure because it was Dwight Gale in the first leg and mm-hmm. Chris Brunt in the second. And you'd, you'd put Brunty, you'd put your house on him from 12 yards. Yeah, because if you get in the yeah. way of one of his shots, you'll end up in the back of the net as well. So what are your um your 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 best memories of following the Albion? Um, th- th- there's been a few. Um, the-, the trip to Wembley in '93, obviously, is one of the big ones. You know, for-, for being such a young age as well to go to, you know, the national stadium and see your team win. Um, that's a standout. The-, the great escape last day against Portsmouth. Um, I think we were pretty much down up until about until about 75 minutes through that game, um, mm-hmm. and then. The- uh, winning the league was um, two thousand oh, crap, two thousand eight maybe. Yeah, because yeah, because we got to the FA Cup semi final and lost to Portsmouth, but we won the league for promotion. And I think that's the only time in my time of going up that we've gone up in in first place. Everything else has been, I say, either the playoffs or we finished uh, runners up. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think the. Yeah, Winning that, a league is always good. Yeah. If you're going to go up, that's, I think if people, I, I, can't, I can't speak from experience on playoffs. Um, it would be nice to go up by the playoffs just once. Uh, but if we're going to go up, I just I don't know. There's always that 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 sense of I've only ever seen us finish second in a division once uh, in 2012, uh, 2002. Sorry, and I just it it didn't it didn't feel complete. Yes, we've gone up, but it didn't feel quite quite right. As it well, not right, but. It didn't feel as though um, you'd achieved the the, the the pre-season goal, as it were, 
but yeah. it wasn't first place. I suppose that comes from a mentality, my own mentality, a second place is first loser, um, even though we've got what we want. But so, so finishing, the finishing first is the way to do it. Yeah, it's the preferred way to do it, but if you finish second, it's still automatic, isn't it? Yeah. What we did in our, our last promotion under under Billich, although that was without fans, um, so whether that had anything to do with it, I, I don't know. Um, it, it might have helped some players, it might have hampered them. But that last game when we, I think we had QPR at home and Brentford were playing Barnsley. There's a lot of Bs in this. Um, and Barnsley needed to, did they either need to get a result or actually have to win to stay up and they beat them? They needed to win, yeah. Uh, it was, I think, oh, was it in their hands? I think it was in their hands. If they won, um, it didn't matter what Wigan did. Yeah. Um, and I think Wigan won. And they got their 90th minute winner, didn't they? Yeah, it was very Hence late. The, uh, yeah. So I was watching ours because it was one of the, you know, there was something at, at stake. And then they said, oh, there's something happened at Griffin Park. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. So it'd be typical West Brom. And then it's like, hang on, that's not Brentford scoring. Like, Get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it would have been nicer to, to experience that at the ground. But it, it's, I just wonder if it'd have been more stressful. Be in there because at least with the TV, if it's not going your way, you can just turn it off or you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, put something else on. But no yeah. one, you're no, there, nobody's like... really going to know any different, are they? Or no. if you walk out uh, of a football ground, everybody's looking at you and it's like, yep. yeah, yeah, you're being judged. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I've never done is, is left the game early. I hate yeah, missing anything. I've, I've done it. I've done it once. I've done it once. But even nowadays, I started taking my boys. And I, yeah, even we were three 0 down to Swansea more recently in the League Cup, and I made them stay to the very last minute. So if um, I've got to suffer, you have as well. It, well, yeah, exactly, and it's character building. You know, it's not. This isn't a game of FIFA where you can just forfeit the match. Yeah, you've you've got you've got absolutely no control over what's going on here, but you're not going anywhere. A because I'm not going anywhere, and you're only seven <laughs> and nine. Um, but B. Um, because, you know, if, even if, if we left after 80 minutes, I mean, it doesn't happen very often. But, of course, I mentioned earlier our win against you. Yep. Most people, a lot of people had left simply because we were so far second best. There was no way we were even going to get one back, let alone, what, two or, or, or three that we got. But you just never know no, exactly. what's going to happen in football, do you? No, you, you see about um, taking uh, your lads off. Um, I mean, my... Two girls. They're not they're not into football at the moment, but I'm hoping that changes over the course of time. But I'll, I'll leave that up to them. Um, when we played Man United at Old Trafford, and we beat them one nil, I was feeding my youngest in the in the kitchen, and I'd got the high chair positioned as such that I could see the TV through into the living room. Um, mm -hmm. Great parenting, obviously. Absolutely, um, yeah. When I saw saw we scored, I think it was. Brunt at the free kick and it bounced off Jonas Olsen's backside, possibly. Yeah. Um, I'll just let out this sort of guttural, yes, you know, as you do. And, uh, you know, the youngest was sat there looking at me like, what the hell? And my oldest was just stood there and she was sort of like, almost broke down in tears, bless her. I don't think she mm -hmm. expected the, the noise, but. No. You know, and uh, I say, you make the most of those situations, don't you? No, absolutely. And I hope it's not put them off, by the way. When no, <laughs> absolutely not. No, um, 
the, 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 I mean, the wins at Old Trafford, they don't come around very often, do they? But you've had more than one over the last 10 years. Um, I was trying to think of other. Yes, um, there was one, I think we beat them 2-1. 2000 and... Crikey. It was one of Steve Clark's games in charge. I'll always, I'll never forget that. Um, it was, I think, Amalfitano and Berahino scored. Yes. Yeah, rings bells. And Amalfitano, uh, think... he'd left the hair on his backside. He just that little fake dink, and he was just like, no, you're down now. I'm just going to chip the ball over you. Don't bother getting on. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that was the first season with, um, that they had David Moyes for their first season without Sir Alex yes. Ferguson. Of course, that well, that epic last match for Sir Alex Ferguson as well, wasn't it? That at your place, crazy that was. I, I went to that one, um, and it's one of those. It was like you referenced the FIFA earlier on, it, it was pretty much like that. It's like <laughs> they went, I think they went 2 0 up or three or three, and we got it back to 3 1. Um, then that I think went to like 5 2, possibly. And then we just got like 5 3, 5 4, 5 5. And you think, hang on, we can get six here, yeah. But unfortunately, he didn't want to play Fergie time on that particular day, so <laughs> no, wonder why that is. I think they were two up inside 10 minutes, yes. Um, yeah, Lukaku uh, got like a well, you could probably call it a perfect hat trick, wouldn't it? It was left foot, right foot, and header, uh, yeah, possibly yeah. the lowest header like- I've seen in. In, in modern football, <laughs> I was literally mm-hmm. like about six inches off the ground. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was, that was um, crazy. I mean, that's, well, United won the title that season as well, didn't they? They were. I mean, we had a oh, what we, we had a four-three against them at the Medeski at that year, um, with all the goals coming in the first half. Uh, and that was, you know, one of those you mentioned FIFA, you know, sort of topsy-turvy. Sort of, yeah, you score, we score, we score, you score, that kind of thing. Uh, we had a couple like that. We've had some, I mean, in the Premier League, we've had some epic games. I mean, we've, we're obviously, um, um, unfortunately for us, we are um, in the Premier League records for the highest number of goals combined in a game with 11 at Portsmouth. So that's 7-4. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was there for that. Yeah, not great for us. Um, we scored four goals three times that season and only won one of them. Wow. Uh, four goals three times at an away game and only won one of them. Because uh, we also had a 6-4 at Spurs. Um, and then on the last day of the season was the 4-0 at Derby. And, but we were relegated that day. So it's still, you know, 4-0 <laughs> nil, nil away wins don't come around, come around very often. But that was one that I'd rather forget. Yeah, you'd like to uh, think you score four. You're pretty much guaranteed to win, aren't you? But <laughs> not ask yeah, Arsenal yeah. against Newcastle. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> even then, well, that, again, that season was the League Cup tie against Arsenal. Uh, we were falling up after half an hour. We lost seven five after extra time. Oh, was that last blow? <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Just mad. I, it's the only home game I missed that season. I was there. I was away with with my with my ex uh, and my well, he was eight months old then. Uh, we were down for a weekend in Cornwall because it was uh, well, a week a week away. Sorry, in Cornwall because it was Halloween. Yeah, and the family had decided to go, so it's the only game that I missed at home that season. And I watched it in a pub in St. Ives. Um, it was traumatising. Yeah, just just, just a, a horrible, horrible feeling. Struggled to sleep that night. Genuinely struggled to sleep. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. Having spaffed a 4-0 lead. We'd never beaten Arsenal before. Uh, we still haven't beaten Arsenal either. Um, 
take the positives. We did manage to draw against them after 90 minutes. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, we were 4 up after half an hour. Um, and they were just starting to get it together after about, well, with about three or four minutes to go before half time. They just created a couple of chances. Uh, just thinking, hold out, hold out until half time when we've got this one. Hold out, hold out, hold out. And 46 minutes and 13 seconds. And Casper's Gork's loose header through to, I think it was, um, oh, the Russian guy. Uh, it was um, short, Russian guy. Can't think of his name off the top of my head, but gosh, played it through to, that's the one, played it through to Field World Cup. Um, who, yeah, tucked it past Federici, and it's just like, oh, shit. And it's the only time I've ever gone 4-1 up at half-time thinking, I'm worried now. Uh, and, yeah, they got two in two in injury time uh, at the very end of the game, which is just a, an awful, awful feeling. Horrible, horrible night. So, anyway, less of me. <laughs> so, you... you um mentioned at the very start there's a, a podcast of the course isn't new to you is it because uh, you run your own uh, uh, project football podcast yes. so talk to us about that what's it all about um the the title doesn't really describe it well in, in terms of the subject matter um initially it was going to be a project between me and a lot i used to work with and his stepbrother um just because we all like football they're both wolves fans which would have given it a bit of a a different dynamic, you know, because you got the, the banter between, you know, the two rival clubs. Um, I think it was just going to be a monthly thing, and that was about eight years ago. That was, we couldn't all get together at the same time for any recording or anything, so knocked it on the head. Um, and then during lockdown last year, I thought, you know, I was listening to a lot more at that point. Um, I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll have a go myself. And one of the chaps who works in Liverpool for one of our uh, engineers. He was friends with the dad of someone who plays for Marine. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were just coming up to play Spurs in the third round of the Cup. Yeah. Um, so I just, just had a chat with him and it just sort of went from there. Um, it, it's mostly been with musicians who were into football, mm -hmm. um, which you know, ticks another box for me because I, I like my music as well. Uh, yeah. There's been a, a variety of clubs I've spoken to fans of, so... Um, done the local ones, obviously Villa, Albion, Blues, Wolves, uh, Notts County, Leicester, Bolton, I've spoken to, um, Middlesbrough, Man United, uh, Tottenham as well, was a, a guy who presents on Absolute Radio, Ben Burrell, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Spurs fan. I was chuffed to get him on because he's like probably the most well known out of the lot, um, yeah. and he agreed to do it, so I was yeah, happy with that. and just been plodding on with it since. I think you'd get a few a few listeners from from the Royal County if you had uh, a member of the Amazons on. Um, okay. Yeah, because they're they're uh, Reading fans and quite popular as well. Uh, have you had? Uh, I don't know if he's still alive. It actually. Have you had Jeff Beck on by any chance? No. Have you not? I host Silver Lining. Yeah, uh, the. Hawthorns, we sing slightly different words to that, <laughs> <laughs> as as we do yeah, to the liquidator. Yeah. But that's something that I might lead on to um, later on. So, yeah, I, I think I know what you uh, what you chant to the liquidator. That is a good good little chant, though, or a good little song. I do like that. 
yeah. I mean, when I remember hearing it, but the it was the playoff final, walking up the steps at Wembley, understood that first bump, and any Albion fan who's been there since that's been played will recognise it just from that split second because you, mm-hmm. you know what's coming next. Some clubs just lend themselves to you. They, well, some songs just lend themselves to certain clubs, though, don't they? Yeah, and you, you know, you, and, and you just associate one club with one song. Is it local hero for Newcastle, for example? That's one. Um, I mean, the liquidator I more associate with Chelsea, but of course, having heard the uh, the chant that Albion fans sing, Hi Ho Silver Lining, of course, is uh, is Wolves, all those Shepherd Wednesday have uh, seem to have nicked it. Um, there's a few, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, there's one. I think I think I heard it. I was watching about years ago. I think Yeovil played it randomly. The liquidator. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I know obviously Chelsea play it, Wolves did as well for a time. So there was a bit of thing, oh, was it our song, is it your song? It's like, well, well, whatever, just play it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it's definitely one that it, 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 any West Brom fan with a playlist would put that on there, I'd say, mm-hmm. first choice. Yeah. Is it uh, one of your uh, all time football favourites? Um, I'd say so, yeah. Probably because yeah. it, it means more, you know, when I've heard it that many times and you say about the you know, songs linked to, to clubs obviously it's a it's sort of reggae sounding song mm-hmm. and you know it goes back to the players of uh, black origin yeah. that we had so yeah, that, that sort of ties in you know we, we've kept it for I don't even know how old it is it's probably about 40 years old at least mm-hmm. probably, probably more so there's a an episode or two that you'd urge people to listen to because it's just so enjoyable for you. Um, who would it be with? Um, they've all been different because I mean, through the course of doing them, I mean, I've only done about thirteen so far, I think. So not as many as you've managed. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been learning sort of little different bits with like the editing and where to put, you know, different sound clips and what have you. Yeah. Um, my advice would be just go through the whole lot, see which one you're their favourite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been a, a way to get the list of numbers up, but no, well, no I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I'd, I'd recommend people do that to mine, but it'd be a little bit, um, you'd, you'd be there for a week. <laughs> yeah, there's good banter with um, a lad called Sam Lambeth, who's a Wolves fan. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, the, the rivalry between the two. Um, there was a, I did an interview with a band called The Mariners, uh, Luke and Paul from that, who were the Notts County and Leicester fans. Right. Both very knowledgeable. Um, they could talk for days, not just about their club, but football in general. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a good laugh with a lad called Rippers, who's a, a Middlesbrough fan, again, uh, a musician, uh, nicknamed after Stuart Ripley. Okay. So those are probably the ones, if you want to sort of get a feel as to you know, how my podcast goes, That that's probably the, the ones to go for. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say that I didn't enjoy the others, because... Everyone I've done so far has been has been really good. Everyone's been really accommodating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I've really enjoyed doing it as well. Well, it sounds really really intriguing um, and something that I need to get my teeth into because I, you know, I, again, full disclosure, haven't listened to any of them yet. Um, but uh, you're I'd not be... the only one. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, certainly. Um, uh, something that I think would be is potentially um, a really engaging listen. And I know I'm not, I like music. I'm not hugely into it, but I know um, a number of uh, of my friends would be, would be 
you know they they're big into their music, so yeah. would certainly uh, certainly give it a listen, and I'll be I'll be recommending it to them at the very least. Yeah, I was gonna say with the bands that I've had on, um, they're unsigned. So you know, you, you might just discover your, your new favourite band or artist from listening to that. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, good stuff. So, but no, I, I, I wish you well with it, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you manage to get some, uh, well, some some more uh, engaging characters on there. Yeah, fingers crossed. I should have one coming up soon, um, which I'm going to trial a, a new. I, I call it feature. That's probably being a bit pompous, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah, but you, you'll have to listen to that to, to find out what it is. <laughs> uh, teaser. Yep, there you go. <laughs> All in for a teaser. No, no spoilers here. Anyway, I could sit and talk. Uh, well, anybody who's listened to the to any of my podcasts knows I could sit and talk football, any type of football, any type of link to the game for hours and hours and end. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have time. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, so we don't have the time, but. Um, Last but not least, little lighthearted feature, Significant Six. So you, you've listened to a few of these episodes um, before. Yep. You know what's coming. Um, basically, six questions on your favourites. So um, talk to us about your, your favourite game that you've ever been to. Um, in terms of significance, I'd probably say that the Portsmouth, uh, Portsmouth at home at the end of the 04-05 season. 2-0 mm-hmm. um, win, yeah. Great escape, yeah. Horsfield and Kieran Richardson. Yes. Um, again, we'd been we got promoted the previous season under Megson. Um, he left. I mean, we, we signed Carnu in that season, which was a bit of a coup for us. You know, a little old West Brom getting you know World Cup playing played here for played for Inter Milan, didn't he? He's represented mm-hmm. Nigeria at the Olympics. Um, and, and we've got a bag of tricks. He was lazy, but he was. Really skillful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the same season we signed Zoltan Gira again, cult hero. Um, but then we find ourselves bottom at Christmas, and you know, as that goes, you bottom at Christmas, you go down usually. And I think Boxing Day that season we played Liverpool and got spanked. Um, Stephen Gerrard just run the show. Could have just played him, and we'd have still lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we come to the the last game. I think it's between us. Um, there's us, Southampton, Norwich, and Palace, and yeah, I think Norwich played Fulham and got battered. I think it was six nil, six one, six nil, yeah, yeah. Uh, Southampton played Man United. I think they took the lead as well. They did. Southampton yeah. did nothing. Man United ended up turning them over, three one. Yeah, yeah. And then there was the South London derby uh, at Sellers Park um, between Charlton and Palace. Was it yeah, it was at the it valley, but, but yeah. Oh, sorry. It was, yeah. it was at the valley, yeah. Got it yeah. the wrong way around. Um, yeah, and then I think it was Jonathan Fortune equalised for 2-2. And that was, we'd already finished by that point, because there's a, if you ever watch the, the clip from like the, the Premier League years or what have you, mm-hmm. um, you've got our players on the touchline. It was like Jonathan Greenham was there. I think um, Russell Holt was there as well, because he got injured earlier in the season, which is why Thomas Cusack came in goal. Yeah. Um, and then you just hear this cheer just starting around the ground and just building up and then just, you know, that release. It's like, bloody hell, lads, we've stayed up. Um, came to an end of the following season, unfortunately, but, you know, that, that game um, will definitely live long in the memory. Mm-hmm. It's got that 
there's something about players on fans' shoulders, isn't there? And there's the that that sort of um, iconic, certainly for Albion fans, uh, the iconic scenes with Kieran Richardson on yes. the fans' shoulders being carried towards the tunnel. Yep. Because um, he would say he scored the second goal. You know, the, the the celebrations were a bit muted for that goal, weren't they? Because because you know, Palace were winning. Yep. Um, and so you were still, you know, you were down at that point. Um, and it didn't really uh, turn into sort of spontaneous celebration, and like you say, until after your game had finished uh, and you realised that you'd managed to stay up. But that's the thing, even back then, we were talking, what, 16 years ago now, which, you know, it, it feels like a life some way, but you didn't have, like, not everyone had mobile phones that had all the internet and, and such. So you couldn't just quickly refresh the the scores or <laughs> no no you just like relied on good old uh, FM radio yeah and uh, yeah all your mates watching soccer Saturday and texting yeah, you what's it. going on yeah and and that that's you know reliant you know, you're entirely reliant then on the um, on the the well not so robust networks back then because they couldn't handle the amount of traffic of yeah. twenty five thousand people uh, back if it then had been, uh, uh, ten years earlier been waiting for teletext to refresh. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're not a proper football fan unless you've watched a match on Teletext, are you? <laughs> if we weren't on the commentary on WM, that's what you know, Dad would do. That sometimes just right refreshing the uh, the page on BBC every few minutes. Yeah, yeah. Was it was it a little bit later on? They did have that um, that feature uh, with the, the the score up where you could actually watch the TV, uh, but they had the score updates. Um, on a, as a strip, a teletext strip, but the, on the low, I think it was page three one one, something like that. I don't, I don't um, live the live updates, they had that. Um, but yeah, uh, kids Google teletext or see that. <laughs> yeah, um, there's yeah. a few old school references in this one, isn't there? Oh, god, yeah, yeah, no, uh, teletext. Oh, god, did you, did you ever phone any of the um, uh, the, the club news lines? No, um, we ours at Reading was Gowring's Royal Line. Um, and which was something like you know something extortionate at the time, like twenty five p a minute, and there was an yeah. 0800 number. Uh, I saw the adverts for like club call or something in the back of the local paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, good old school stuff. Love it. Uh, so, um, favourite away ground? Away ground, I'd probably say St James's in in Newcastle, not Exeter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've only been there once. But it was it was three three last game of the season. Uh, we were three 0 down. It was under it was under Roy Hodgson, and okay, Sherman yeah. Choi scored a hat trick to get it back to three all. I'd been I'd gone up there with my dad. He was meeting some people up there, uh, something to do with work, and they were Newcastle fans. So he was, and I ended up seeing a couple of people I knew in the stand anyway. So that helped. Um, mm -hmm. Going back to the liquidator, I mentioned this ties in with what I was saying before. Um, went to a pub and it came on. I mm. thought, I didn't expect to hear this. So it was me and a handful of other Albion fans. But you know, at a glance, you can't tell the difference because blue and white stripes, black and white stripes at a glance. Dark blue and Obviously, white as well, yeah. Well, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so we shouted our not so pleasant words towards our orange and black neighbours. Mm -hmm. Um as anyone who's heard us sing that at the Hawthorns will know exactly what those words are. Um, and there's this, Geordie just looks at me, he's like, you sing words to this? 
yeah, I've done for years. And he's like, oh, okay. And then just carried on, just carried on drinking. That's one of the few times I've actually had, you know, a few beers beforehand. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed that day. It was a nice day, typical end of the season weather as well, you know, nice, bright, sunny day. Then you think at three yeah. all down, you think, oh crap, here we go. But uh, yeah, no, turned it around. Yeah, it, I mean, I, St. James's is one of those grounds where I've never seen us win. We only ever won there once anyway, and I wasn't there for it. Um, but it's like it's like a beacon in the city, isn't it? You know, you, yeah. you, you come in on, on the train, you come in across the bridges, and it's just there overlooking the city centre. And you come in um, on the, well, you're coming off the A1, uh, the A1 or the A1M, isn't it? And uh, and heading heading in towards the bridges, and again, it's just it's just there. It stands out, doesn't it? it and yeah. you know, it's it's massive. It's but it's just when you when you get out, step out of the car, or you get off the train, it's one of those places that just smells of football, doesn't it? Yeah, the city. I yeah, I love it there. And that was the thing as well. Like you know, you, you get to some away grounds and you feel a bit intimidated whereas up in Newcastle the natives are, they're absolutely sound you know, there's no hint of anyone trying to cause any trouble or anything what about your um, your favourite season then um see I've I got two for this one and one of them was the the 0405 which obviously mentioned with the the Portworth game so I'm going to go for my other choice um which was the 0102 season Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, when we got promoted for the for yeah. the Premier League for the first time, um, I know we touched on it in in parts earlier, but I think just the way that we did it and who we managed to knock out the way to do it as well. Yeah. If it had been any other team other than Wolves, it'd have been like, oh, we did it, yeah, great. But the fact that it was them, it just felt that bit sweeter. Mm-hmm. And just watching them, understandably sort of, so capitulate over the course of those last however many games it was. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they lost in the playoffs as well, just to add to it. They did. Because Man City yeah. went up. Because um, we, we beat them earlier on in the season. It was a bit very early on. I think Scott Doby scored for us. Mm-hmm. I think Kevin Keegan might have been in charge of them at that point. Um, um, 0102, yes, he was. Yes, yeah. they had Joe Royal in 2000, 2001, didn't they, when they were in the Premier League. They got relegated, didn't they? But then they went straight back up again, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, trying to take a leaf yeah. out of our book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll go for the other one too, just for how it ended and the, the circumstances that led to the that the, the finale of that season. Yeah, seven wins in the last eight, wasn't it? With one draw at home to Rotherham, actually, bizarrely enough. Yeah, and then like I say, the, the last, like I say, there was that win at Bradford that we mentioned for the the, the Ballis penalty, and then the, the two 0 against Palace. Um, Super Bob and Big Dave because uh, I think that was in Taylor's second spell with us because he went to Bolton for a while mm-hmm. and then come back I mean he was never he was never like the, the most mobile strikers he was like right place right time strong again but proper proper worker like we said about uh, Shane Long earlier just without the pace mm-hmm. um, especially second time round um, but yeah if anyone was going to score a goal that would help us get back into the top flight you, you couldn't have put anyone else's name on it apart from Bob Taylor. No, sure. And just uh, just to refresh your memory, it was Norwich that they uh, they lost in the playoff semi final to. Yes, because Norwich uh, went on to play Birmingham, didn't they? And that was what I said about the um, 
watching the final round with friends house and future Albion player Darren Carter scored their winning yes. penalty. He did. Now, yeah. uh, only in the last few days, I think he's one of the coaches at our women's team. Right. Okay. Interesting. So he's sort of. Do you get to do you get to women's football at all, or do you watch do you watch it on the um, on Sky no. now that it's on? Or? Um, I have seen. I think I've watched more of the internationals, like when it's been on the Olympics or like the World Cup and, and what have you. Um, mm -hmm. But I've not watched any at league level. Um, it's not because I've got no interest in it. I just I just haven't. Um, but what is good? Um, I'm a big fan of Football Manager, um, and what they're mm -hmm. doing for the the next release will be out sort of. I'd say within a couple of months, possibly. Um, they're incorporating the women's game into that. Good. Um, which I think time somebody on, did that. They've done it on the FIFA games where you can play as well. I don't think you can take them online or anything, but like if you want to do like a friendly against your mate, um, you could use like the international women's teams. But this will be like with the WSL and you know, the, the sort of the, the divisions beneath that in their league mm -hmm. structure. Um, so that'll be interesting. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see if the AI actually comes up with any um, um, women managers in the men's game with that. See if that ever happens. Um, well, there's no reason why not. No. I mean, there's, like you say, yeah. there's plenty of male managers in the in the, the women's game, so yeah. who's to say it can't happen yeah. the other way? No, exactly. Of course, Emma Hayes has been, has been well, she was heavily touted for the AFC Wimbledon job, wasn't she, for a while? Yeah. Um, She's uh, pulling up a few trees at Chelsea, although they didn't have the best result yesterday. But yeah, but they were playing Arsenal. Um, she was the one but, that did a lot uh, of the punditry of the Euros, wasn't she? Yes, she yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really enlightening, and you know, certainly knows her stuff. Oh, I enjoyed this more than Robbie Savage. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Dear old Robbie, bloody hell. Uh, anyway, what about your um, your favourite ever away day? Uh, away day, right? Um, this is not a West Brom one, surprisingly. Okay. Um, yeah. I mentioned Starbridge earlier on, and mm -hmm. I only live a stone's throw from their ground. So they're right. If you want to call in terms of local team, you know, as the crow flies, they are the closest one to me. Um, and under their old manager Gary Hackett, a former West Brom player, um, they had some decent runs in the FA Cup. I mean, they got to the first round uh, and lost to Warsaw narrowly. Um, can't remember what year that was, but within I think every other season, they did a little bit better each time, and they ended up drawing Wickham away in the third round. Mm -hmm. So there was loads of people from the local area. I mean, I went up with um, a chap who's married to one of my girlfriend's mates, and he's a Wolves fan. So we, you know, there's, there's a mix of Albion and Wolves going over to Wickham to support the Glass Boys, and you know yeah. what? They did themselves proud. They did the, the club proud. They did the town proud. And it was one of those where it didn't matter who you supported normally. You were there for Starridge. You know, as I say, they're not my main team. And I'd say probably three quarters of the people that were there didn't support them full time. Mm -hmm. um, but it was just great to see, you know, the little old glass boys, you know, going up against uh, against a team of Wickham stature, which given, you know, the, the gap um, in the divisions, I think it was like someone from the Premier League playing someone from League Two, I think the gap. Yeah. Um, I think they lost two. One, I think it was Dan Scar scored for Starbridge. Um, and then Akin Fenwa got the winner uh, for Wickham, which as much of, 
you know, as gutting as it was at the time, it's like, you know what? That's one where a defeat didn't really feel like a defeat because you're that proud of what the guys in front of you have done. Yeah. Um, I think, was that the same season they went down to Plymouth and got a 3-3 draw as well? Um, and then they beat them in the replay. They beat Northampton as well at the Memorial Ground. So they've got, I say, definitely under Gary Hackett, they had a you know a bit of pedigree mm-hmm. in the FA Cup. And I say, just for, you know, for, for a Starbridge boy to see the town's team do that well, it's great. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I follow non-league football as well, and every single time I had, uh, oh god, what was her name? Uh, Millie, uh, who's a Worcester City fan, and yes. went to Coventry, saw them beat, saw them beat Coventry at the what, what was the Rico um, a few years ago. Um, there's something about the underdog, and there always will be, particularly in the FA Cup, um, and you know Stourbridge at the moment. They're in the Southern League um, Premier Division yeah, Central. Uh, it's, um, it's here, you got non, you got conference. I can't call it National League. It's just it's still the conference to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, step three, isn't step it? Step three, yeah. So it's effectively the League One of non-league. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and just looking at the regionalisation of that as well. I mean, that's it's not exactly. I mean, they've got it's a fairly local clubs like Stratford and Nuneaton. Redditch, um, but you know, they could go to uh St. Ives, it's Cambridgeshire, Royston, Cambridgeshire, Needham Markets in Suffolk, Lowestoft. I mean, that's right over, right over, you can't get any further east. So it's not exactly the around country, the corner, is it? No, no, exactly. Um, so there's some, they've got some hefty treks, haven't they? I haven't looked at the league tail for a while, but I know they lost 8 4 to Peterborough Sport recently. In fact, yeah. It was the same day that West Brom played Peterborough because that established was okay, yeah. and um, my other Ross brother he went to he went to the Peterborough game, but a mate of his went to the Starbridge game as well, so he did like a double header. Yeah, and they lost yeah. eight four, and there was six one down at one point, and he left after it being six one. <laughs> so he still missed seven goals. Early, yeah, <laughs> marvelous. Oh, you gotta love it, haven't you? Not only football is brilliant. I mean, even going you know, look at the National League this last weekend, there's 11 games and there was 50 goals in those 11 games. Wow. And just absolutely mad. There was, there was, there was one nil nil, one one nil, and everything else was two alls, three twos, three alls, or four threes. And um, look, at, look at the teams that are down there as well. Like a lot of the ex uh, teams that have been in the Football League, you know, like Notts County, Torquay. Mm-hmm. Um, who else went down? Uh, uh, Stockport. Um, yeah. You've got, let's say, Torquay was one of those four threes at Maidenhead. Um, Wrexham. Yeah. Chesterfield. Um, there's a number of them. It's a, it's a bit of a, a bit of a. I mean, that's, this is the beauty of two up, two down. Now is it, it's a little bit of a football league graveyard, and it's so difficult for them to get up. I say it's it's beauty. It's not beauty for them lot, of course. No, but from, um, from the outsiders looking in, it just makes a great spectacle, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. No, that was a, that was a, a great weekend. Uh, Grimsby are down there as well, of course. Yeah, uh, go Yeovil, they had a good stint in, in the football league. So, yeah, there's a few. So, uh, what about going on to your players then? Um, your favorite current Albion player? Um, I'm gonna go with a position that I know very well, and that's goalkeeper, um, Sam Johnston. Mm-hmm. 
Um, got a lot of stick when we signed him from the, the chap who used to sit behind us in the uh, in the Brummy Road, um, purely because he played for the Villa. Um, yeah. And the, when I turned around and questioned his uh, goalkeeping experience, he kind of stayed quiet after that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's a position I've played for a number of years, even uh, played for the West Brom blind team there as well, um, which I got into through my friend who I go up with now. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, to say I've played for the club at whatever level, great. You know, it, it's a box I can tick quite proudly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with John and getting his England call up as well, you know, thoroughly deserved. Yes, of course. He started against Andorra, didn't he? So he played, was yeah. that his first, was that his first cap? Uh, second of, he played one of the pre-Euros friendlies, I think. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Not sure yeah. which one, but he, he played in one of those. But it's a competitive debut, so he can't play for any other nation now, can he? No. Not that he, you know, even if he qualified, I'm not sure he can qualify, but. It's uh, interesting to see if we see what happens when he plays with John Stones in front of him. That'll be confusing, won't it, for a few people? <laughs> that's, uh, that's one for the commentators, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Or my my my, my nine year old who keeps on saying John Stones is in goal. No, it's Sam Johnston. No. Yeah. Well, even though you know he conceded a hell of a lot of goals last season, I don't think the majority of them were his fault. Um, our defence wasn't the greatest, but yeah. Um, as, as far as current players go, I'm going to. Go with the man in the sticks and uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Johnston. Who is your favourite all-time Albion player or goalkeeper? Um, I don't know, it's a tough one because we've had that many icons. Well, as far as you know, as far as West Brom fans are concerned, you know, they might not be to, to other people. Um, it's a, it depends on what day you ask me as to who it, who it probably is. <laughs> yeah. um, which way is the wind blowing today then? Yeah, that's a damn good. This is not at the moment. It's been that bloody warm, but yeah. Um, oh, true. Yeah, I would probably go if for no other reason. It was the first player's name I had on the back of a shirt. I'll probably go Richard Sneakers. Oh, the Dutchman. Yes, got him from Bolton. Yeah, for not, not a great deal. Yeah, yeah. was he? Um, I remember he, he he played at Elm Park. It was a, I think it was a Sunday, it was a Boxing Day. Um, or something like that. Anyway, it was early kickoff. Um, usual, usual sort of banter in the South Bank. South Bank was uh, his usual raucous self. The season we got relegated, actually, but we managed to. It was one of Dennis Smith's first games in charge, um, and I can't remember what what caused it. But of course, Richard Snakers, he had the the, the long hair, didn't he? Yeah. Um, it was quite quite sort of thin long hair, not really sort of thick bushy stuff. Uh, but he, he just, yeah, he, well, Snakers is a gypsy was the chant. And he, <laughs> I can't remember what he did back, but there was something that he did back, which gave a little bit back, which caused the um, the, the South Bank to, uh, to shall we say, uh, go into a few little chuckles. Uh, it was uh, quite a lighthearted moment. But, so you don't um, get that so much these days, do you? No, no, um, not at all. You, you say about that, it just reminded me of a, a couple of things I've uh, witnessed. Um the first season we were up, so what, 02, 03? Um, we were playing Man United at home. And the ball had gone out for a throw and down Alfred's Lane side, so the side that the dugouts are. And, yeah, um, the, the small stand. Yeah, and, and Beckham was coming over to take it. And this lad at the front had the ball, and he was about to give it to Beckham, and he just threw it away from him. He's like, mm. oh, I'm not the footballer, you can fetch it. But <laughs> the other one... and so much more random than that 
Uh, we were playing Wolves, and I think we won 2-0. That was October 2011. Because I'd not long come out of hospital after I had my knee operated on. And I remember being sat there with my crutches in the corner where the Brummie Road goes around to Alfred's Lane. Mm. And fella, two, three rows behind, Matty Jarvis is coming over to take a corner. And as clear as day, and I'll remember this, even if I go soft in the head, he shouted, Oi, Jarvis, your nan's dead. I was like, What? what? <laughs> uh, if you're going to shout, at least call him a wanker or something. You know? Yeah. You know, question his yeah. parentage or something, but no, that was just that's random and yeah, yeah it's kind of delving into the uh, the realms of unnecessary there, really, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. I mean, what if his nan had been seriously ill at the time, and mm-hmm. you know, he, he's, of, of all the things to shout, that was yeah, yeah. yeah obviously, yeah, yeah you, you've been to many a football match. You hear a, a plethora of blue language, um, yeah, ranging from the the soft to the not so soft, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was just he may as well have just sworn at him, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of a, of a um, video that I've seen. Uh, and of course, this is two teams where there is absolutely no love lost. Uh, Celtic and Rangers, and Scott Brown is, is, um, he's, uh, he's coming out onto a coach, Celtic coach from somewhere. Um, and a Rangers fan approaches him, video, that's up, camera in hand. Uh, and just says to him, um, hey, Scotty, how's your sister? Now, Scott Brown's sister died when she was very young. Um, right. And I, it's just like you massive, massive, and we were talking about hard swear words, I'm thinking about the hard C there. Yeah. Uh, I just think, why Why would you even bother? You know, why cross that line? Um, yeah, Scott Brown isn't exactly well-liked in the blue half of Glasgow, um, but there's a line and he's stepped way across it and he's ended yeah. up in the bloody North Sea as far as I'm concerned. Um, I don't understand why you would even bother doing that. And, you know, Scott Brown, I, I think he did extremely well to, to restrain himself because I'm not sure I'd have had that level of restraint. No, so um, yeah, he'll have, I mean, he'll, he'll have heard quite a bit in, in the old firm games, obviously, but yeah, yeah. So not what a swing game for that. Um, we had something similar happen. And, and this is, again, we're playing West Ham away. And who is it now? I think it was Jake Livermore had been subbed off. This was at the Olympic Stadium. Mm-hmm. And as he was coming off, someone shouted something at him from the stands and he just he just lost it. Um, yes, that was recent, wasn't it? Fairly recent. Um, about th- Two or three years three ago. Three years ago, yeah. He wanted to get in. He tried getting in at the stand, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it was. Some, I think it might have been something drug-related, possibly, because he had issues with... I think at some point, um, mm-hmm. I don't know the ins and outs of it, and you know that that's up to him. And if he's recovered from it, all the you know the fair play to him. Um, yeah, yeah. I think absolutely. it was something along those lines. Another Albion. This was at Reading actually after the FA Cup defeat you had, 2016. The Chris Brunt, um, the coin. The Chris Brunt. He had the coin yeah. thrown at him, didn't he? Yeah, I think that was by one of our own as well. It was, yeah, yeah. He went over to uh, give his shirt away, or or just to applaud your fans, yeah. um, and had the coin thrown at him. And you know, this is you, know, you mentioned about Chris Brunt. You know, he's a he's an Albion Albion legend in recent years, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, um, we had him for what, ten seasons or something. Yeah, you, you don't get that sort of loyalty that often, do you? These days, no. Um, and he was captain for a number of those seasons. 
So why you'd want to do anything like it is beyond belief, but people are strange, aren't they? They certainly are. Anyway, it's it's been a pleasure. It's been a yeah. bit of an elongated pleasure, but um, <laughs> because we've had a few interruptions this evening, and uh, so we've got, we got there in the round end. to having this. We got there in the end, yeah. So, um, uh, Mark, it's been a like I say, it's been genuinely engaging couple of hours. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so I'm really looking forward well. to. Uh, it has, it has. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into some of your uh, your podcast ep- episodes um, and and listening in, into. The musical industry in the world of football. Um, you might have to get Ed Sheeran on one day if you can. Uh, um, get him talking about Ipswich. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because he's sponsored them, hasn't he? He's um, yeah. got his tour on the front of the shirt, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so there's one. one yeah. um, I'm trying, who was the guy, I'm trying to think now, who wrote, who wrote the song called Portsmouth? This one. Mike Oldfield. Should have known that. Jubilee Bells and all that. Yes, that's it. Yeah, I think the ultimate yeah. one for me would be, well, I'm a massive Oasis fan, would be one of the Gallaghers. Oh, God, seat. yeah. That'd be, if I got one of them on, I'd just stop at that, I think. <laughs> you can't really get much better than that, can you? Yeah. No. I, pretty iconic. Let's try and get Robert Plant on as well. Talk about the Wolves. Yeah, well, so good. I, I don't want to get too many Wolves fans on. They might think I've got a soft spot for them. <laughs> that's true, yeah. I've, I've already had one. That's just enough. throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah, all right, fair enough. No, you don't want to contaminate <laughs> it too much, do you? <laughs> anyway, yes, it's um, like I say, it's been it's been a real pleasure. It's been yeah, genuinely engaging. Um, yeah, and I've thoroughly said, enjoyed it. Good, good. I'm pleased. A um, couple of quick things from me before we go. So usual, usual spiel. Uh, social media: Terrace Memoirs on Twitter is at Terrace Memoirs. Email address is terracememoirs at gmail.com. If you know anybody um, that wants, maybe you might want to come on the show pass the email address to them, get them to email me, or, you know, if you just want to chat about the weather, um, I'll respond. I just need people to email me. I'd quite like to quite like to receive some emails, please. Um, nice to have not, nothing, anything but spam in your inbox. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what that, what that feels like. Um, but no, otherwise, Mark, it's been, been a real pleasure. Genuinely enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and this Terrace Man was over and out. <laughs>